Greg Drevenstead, Editor-in-Chief at Rider Magazine, and your host for the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast. Our guest today is Stephen Good. We talked to Stephen back in 2021 on episode 27 of the podcast about the great American deli schlep. Stephen rode his Honda Goldwing 15,000 miles in 75 days and visited the best Jewish deli in nearly every state. And he raised funds for Maison, a nonprofit organization that fights hunger. Prior to his deli tour, Stephen rode 14,000 miles to the four corners of the United States, 12,000 miles to visit each of the lower 48 states, and 17,000 miles to visit every national park in America. Stephen is at it again. On May 9th, he will embark on the Great American Scenic Byway Tour. He'll ride the best scenic byway in each of the lower 48 states, and he's raising funds and awareness for the Parkinson's Foundation. Every six minutes, someone is diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, a group of motor system disorders that are chronic and progressive. The Parkinson's Foundation's mission is to improve care and advance research towards a cure. I encourage listeners to click on the links on the podcast webpage to make a donation to support Stephen's efforts. And you can get daily updates about the Great American Scenic Byway Tour on Facebook. Climb is providing apparel and Nelson Rigg is providing luggage for this tour. Thanks for listening and keep the rubber side down. Hey, Stephen, welcome to the show. Hi, Greg. How are you? Doing great. Well, I should also say welcome back to the show. Uh, you and I did an interview on uh, episode 27. And so we're now in the upper 50s or low 60s. I don't know what the number is for this episode in particular, but that was um, back in 2021, I believe, because... Uh, that was the year that you did the Great American Deli Schlep, where you rode around the country for 75 days and visited the best Jewish deli in nearly every state. And that was a fundraising ride you did for an organization called Maison. And then uh, you've got a new ride coming up. This is going to be called the Great American Scenic Byway Tour, and this will benefit the Parkinson's Foundation. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, one of the things I just kind of before we get into your new ride, I, I kind of want to give readers a little bit of background because you're definitely somebody who likes to put miles on a motorcycle. You've done a four corners tour of the United States. That was, what was that? 14,000 miles, um, 11,000 miles. You've visited all of the lower 48 states on a different ride. You visited every national park in the United States, right. even ones like Channel Islands and Dry Tortugas and a different ride. So what is what is it about going on these long rides? You're typically solo. Uh, what What drives you to do that? Yeah, that's a good question. And um, I just, I was always doing like three, four thousand, five thousand mile rides, you know, when I was working. And then when I retired, I said, okay, you know, I looked at the four corners. I said, boy, that's intriguing. Maybe I can get that done. And I did it in 2013 and really enjoyed myself. I mean, it was just sort of like, let's see the entire country. And then, the follow-up to that was the 48 states. And that was a little bit over 11,000 miles because I didn't have to go as deep into the four corners as, right. I, right. as I had to. So, you know, that so that cut a few miles off. And then I just, you know, took a little bit of breather and then uh, got back into it. I said, I miss it. I really enjoy planning. My spreadsheet, I think, is now up to about 110 lines. Wow. Um, and uh, for this upcoming trip. And I enjoy the planning component. And then I love just being on the road and meeting people and 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 seeing the country that yeah. uh, that most of us have never seen before, especially the back roads. Right. 
Well, you know, the Great American Deli Schlep that we mentioned, um, which was also, there was a feature that you wrote about that. Really one of my favorite features that's been in Rider in recent years, because that was, again, it was 2021. So it was still sort of late in the, you know, it was the pandemic that, you know, but it was still the sort of thing people were having masks and vaccinations, but it was still not as oh, maybe yeah. returned to normal as we are now. But you found this list of the, you know, best Jewish deli in every state, but most Jewish delis are in cities and it, you're talking about riding in back roads. But I remember in your story, but also our last interview on episode 27, you're saying one of the challenges was, hey, connecting the dots between these these Jewish delis was great because I could be on the back roads. I could go to some see some scenic areas, but then you had to basically drive and ride into Los Angeles or Chicago or Atlanta. And that was the kind of nerve wracking part of it, because that's where a lot of these these uh, delis were. Oh, yeah. It was, you're absolutely right. For for 90% of the ride, you know, I was on these beautiful back roads and just real sort of relaxing. And then once I got to within 50, 60 miles of the major city, you know, I took it off of, you know, avoid highways. And I just blasted into the city on the highway generally, got to the deli. And uh, what was amazing is that, you know, getting in and out of the cities wasn't that complicated. New York freaked me out. <laughs> but but yeah, Chicago's fine because I live here in Chicago, so I knew all the highways and and all of that. But but New York really sort of like scared me a little bit because I'm thinking, sure. okay, you know, I'm going to get lost. I don't know where I'm going. As soon as I got within ten miles, everybody was going like five miles an hour. Right. So so so, <laughs> my, so my GPS had plenty of time to reconfigure the route if I got off route. So it wasn't as scary as I thought, and right. um, it was a great. 42 delis and, uh, you know, a wonderful 15,000 mile ride and made a, made a lot of, made a lot of nice friends along the way. Well, and one of the, again, one of the things I love about that story is you've got so many fantastic photos. You had this, um, uh, this banner that had your route and it had sort of details about it and that you would take it and people would sign it. But you have these great photos of you out front of the deli, maybe with your bike, but with people that worked at the deli or owned the deli and, and the backstories of some of these people, some of them were multi-generational families that have owned these delis for over a hundred years. And, and uh, so that was, I thought was, uh, it was a really special part of your, your story, but also there were members of the, it's, is it the Jewish Motorcycle Alliance that you're a member of? Right. It's called the JMA, the Jewish Motorcycle Alliance. We have, I don't know, 25, 28 chapters around the country and in Toronto and in England in Israel. I think there might be one in uh, Australia. So uh, we've got an event coming up where we do a Holocaust remembrance ride. We raise money for Holocaust education, which is wonderful. It's a, it's a great group. And uh, uh, they're going, to, some of the guys want to meet me along the way. Right. So right. Uh, I'm going to be connecting with those guys, you know, probably three or four of them along the way. You know, we've got a Phoenix chapter and a whole bunch of chapters out east. Right. So it's 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 going to be fun. Well, I know some of your uh, fellow JMA members, uh, you know, joined you on some of the deli shops. So let's talk about this new one. So actually, yeah. last time we talked, I think you had said that, hey, I think this might be one of my last long trips. I've kind of like done a lot of these. And you're like, you know, I think maybe I'm going to maybe turn my attention to something else. And of course, I wasn't surprised when you'd reach out. And like, <laughs> hey, I, got a new, I, got, I came up with a new one. And because, again, you know. There was the four corners. There was each of the lower 48 states. There was every national park. I mean, I, I really like the idea that you've got kind of a hook, not just for a story, but just like, 
hey, here's a here's a theme or a way for me to put together a cool route. You've got the time, you've got the inclination. Uh, like I said, now that you're retired, you can you can spend more time on the road. Um, I don't know how long you're going to be on your upcoming trip, but so now you you're going to visit or ride. Uh, I don't know if it's the best or or one of the best scenic byways in each of the lower 48 states. So get, tell us a little bit how, about how this one came about. Okay, so I came up with an idea to ride the loneliest road in every state. And I approached a friend of mine. He goes, ah, oh, I'd love to do that ride or do a ride like that, but that doesn't entice me. So I sat back and I thought about it. And I said, well, maybe the most scenic byway. And I saw some article about the most scenic byway in every state. Well, that's it. That's the ride. Wow. And my buddy, this guy, Bruce Granger, calls me up and says, you know what? Check out this book. National Geographic has a book on the scenic byways, a guide to the scenic byways in every state, which I did. And that became my source of, of where to go and where to do the research because it was a condensed version. You know, it's like four or 500 pages long, but it gives you great detail nice. on every scenic byway. So I was able to start with a map of the United States, and then I researched each state because the National Parks book has five, six, seven different scenic byways in every state. So I'm not obviously going to hit every one of those. Right. And I decided to pick those that I had not been to or that I really wanted to see again. Okay. And I started putting pins in the map, and then I started connecting the dots. And then I started with the spreadsheet. Well, can you give us some examples of some states and some of the byways? Are they some of the better known ones? Absolutely. The Chirahala in Tennessee is one. Nice. Uh, Outer Banks in uh, North Carolina. The High Road to Tahoe in New Mexico. Route 12 in Utah. Oh, fantastic road. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Going, uh, going to the Sun Highway ah. in uh, Montana. Beartooth Pass in Wyoming. Awesome. Well, so these yeah. are all... These are all on my to-do list uh, right. coming up on this uh, on this on this trip. It's gonna be great, and uh, I've been on a couple of those, most of them. But yeah, you, know, you can't get enough of a great road. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I for example, I live in Southern California, and one of my favorite roads, which unfortunately is closed right now, or portions of it, so is the is the Pacific Coast Highway that runs between. San Simeon and Big um, and Carmel oh, yeah. that goes through Big Sur. That's obviously a very famous road. Uh, we've had these very heavy rains this season, and there's some there's some rock slides that have yet to be repaired. And that is a road that is constantly under construction because of slides because it's such a severe mountain. But as right. I've ridden that road up and down it, you know, uh, several dozen times, and I still don't get bored of it. So something like the Beartooth Highway, which I've never ridden, and going to the Sun uh -huh. Road, which I've never ridden. It just, I mean, to be able to ride them once is a bucket list experience for a lot of people, but to be able to go back and be like, oh, I remember how awesome this is and just experience it all over again. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll be on route one uh, in Oregon. Okay. That's the, that's the one in, in Oregon. So it's going to be route one in Oregon. I love that. I mean, route one in Oregon is just gorgeous. So what's the scenic byway in California that you selected? Well, I'm going to go through Death Valley. Oh, Believe it or not, that's beautiful. I mean, if people have never been to Death Valley National Park, it's a sleeper. It's a thousand miles of roadway. Yeah. It's and uh, most of it's not paved, right. but it is absolutely stunning. And then uh, I'll I'll end up in Sequoia National Park, Kings Canyon. 
Nice. Um, Kings Canyon, another sleeper Beautiful. of a road that most people have never been down, and it's just spectacular. Uh, and then I'll start heading north towards uh, Oregon. Nice. And I'll, I'll I'll ride through Crater Lake and and Lassen National Park and oh beautiful areas. oh yeah. man some of these are going to be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. well it'll be interesting I'd be curious about some of your timing because some of these places because of how much snow we've had in California some of the passes are going to be probably closed later than they would you know in terms of seasonal uh, closures and things like that um, so I'm concerned yeah yeah <laughs> so. Uh, it's interesting. I just want to, a little aside. I just was uh, rode through Death Valley in February, and um, it was one of those experiences that I will uh, not forget. I wrote about it in the in the uh, May issue of the magazine, and even included a link to a little video. Is um, I got caught in a couple of um, uh, sandstorms, basically, where sixty mile an hour winds, and Whoa. Uh, the bike I was on was, you know, I was very lucky to just kind of keep it on the road, even though I was riding it very slow. And it was uh, such high velocity winds that it, it kind of sandblasted the bike. I mean, the my face shield was pitted, uh, the windscreen on the bike, some of the paint. I mean, it just was, oh my. you know, it was it was really intense. Um, and but that was just part of the experiences is in a in some of these Western states, uh, particularly Death Valley. It's known for its heat. But I was there and it was in it was in the 30s and it had 60 mile an hour winds and all the beautiful scenery of the mountains was obscured by this. Basically, the all oh. the, everything was the dust clouds, but um, I made it through okay. Uh, the, like I said, the bike didn't fare as well, but um, uh, yeah, one of my absolute favorite places to ride, uh, Highway California Highway 190 that runs through the entire park, and there are other paved roads, but that's kind of the main one. Is uh, it, yeah, it's stunning because you can have snow capped mountains and be near, and you can see snow capped mountains that are 11, 12,000 feet. And be 100, 200 feet below sea level uh, there in Furnace Creek. So right at, at Badwater Junction or whatever. It yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, exactly. So, so, uh, so you're going to be uh, leaving on May 9th. Uh, you're going to be. Do you have an idea about how long you're going to be on the road? You know, that's interesting because I went back to my other four trips, and I took the total mileage, divided it by the number of days I was out on the road. Yeah. Two of the trips came in at exactly 258 miles. And the other two trips came in at like 254 mm -hmm. and 260. So, you know, by the time all is said and done with, with stops and with, uh, you know, getting getting oil changes or tires, new right. tires, whatever, you're going to average about 250 to 260 miles per day. So this is going to clock in at probably around 60 days, plus or minus. Okay. This so is, what two, is what I'm factoring. Yeah, about maybe two months. Maybe a room. little less. So uh, what sort of, I mean, you know, you're going to hit 48 states. And so obviously you've got to work out a route. You're starting at your home in Chicago. Are you heading east first? Are you heading west first? Or where are you, where are you going? Okay. So my yeah. first stop is uh, southern Indiana. I'm going to pick up the Ohio River. And take that, follow that east into Kentucky and West Virginia and whatnot, and then start making my way south to the Gulf, okay, and Louisiana, that whole that whole area, and then move, basically travel east along the Gulf, through the you know Alabama and Florida, et cetera, right. And then once I hit the uh, Atlantic coast, start my trip up the coast towards Maine. 
once I'm in, once I touch all of those states, I'm going to cross over through Canada because it's the most direct route to Michigan and cross over at Sault Ste. Marie. Nice. And then drop into Sault Ste. Marie, get to Copper Harbor, uh, Duluth area, uh, Minneapolis area, and then drop south and start heading west. And nice. then so then then it's just sort of it's sort of like ping ponging from state to state at that point. Right. right. And right. and what I did just for other people who are thinking about doing this type of a trip, the best thing to do is to you know go to AAA or whatever and get a map of the United States right. and start putting dots in the map, and then you can visually understand how to connect those dots. Right. Right. And once you start connecting those dots you then have a basis for a plan. Nice. Then you can then you can drop that into a spreadsheet. Right, right. With mileage and everything else. Well, and you know, this isn't like a an iron butt rally sort of thing. You're not on the clock. So you want to have maybe an efficient route just in terms of so you're not, you know, crisscrossing, you know, wasting time or something like that. But you're you're gonna just move along at, at a pace that you're and enjoyable and be able to make stops and visit friends and, and see different places. So you're not necessarily in a rush. You just want to make sure you've got a lot of ground to cover. Right. I mean, my, my routine is for the last four of them, you know, you get up at about six o'clock in the morning, Yeah. shower, shave, eat breakfast at the hotel. I don't camp. I tried that, but at my age, I'm 68. I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the tent has grab handles, right. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Right, right. So, uh, so I, I, you know, shave, shower, whatever, grab breakfast, and then and then head out. So uh, you know, once I'm packed up, I'm usually on the road by eight o'clock. Right. You know, eight fifteen, and then I'll ride until about oh five thirty or so. About two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll pull over, get a Wi-Fi signal, and go on to my uh, an app to book my hotel, you know, a hundred miles down the road. So yeah. now that I know that I'm within striking distance and I know what the weather's like, right. I don't have that risk of a flat tire. You know, you could always have a flat tire in the last hundred miles, right? but at least maybe you could limp into the, into the uh, town that you choose. Right. And you know that there's hotels available in that town and, you know, the national, uh, you know, sewing bees not going on where every, <laughs> every hotel room right. is taken right. within a hundred right. miles. So that makes sense. So you don't necessarily have, you know, hotels booked along the way. So you don't have, you're not locked into a schedule if you have some weather challenges, some mechanical issues or whatever it may be. So you, you're, you've, you have a general direction, but you're, um, that makes sense. You're, you basically can make your hotel res reservation that day and it allows you some flexibility. You're not locked into something like, oh, if I don't cancel by 24 hours in advance, I'm going to lose the money or something. So, yeah. Right. And it also avoids rolling into a town, like I said, right. and finding out every every room is booked. Right. So if I if I go online and I find that every room is booked in that town uh, and, I, and I start asking questions right. and realize there's not a hotel because there's some major convention going on, I might stay where I'm at. Right. Or I might go to a different route. Right. Or I might exactly. go to a different town. Right. And uh, it's all about flexibility. It's all about, yeah. you know, I have, a, I have a little sign in my office that says it's all about plan B. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, that happened to me. I was, I was heading towards Houston on my deli trip. 
and I'm going down Interstate 10, and there's a black clouds ahead, and I figure oh, Houston's another 100 miles, no big deal. Well, the storm that hit was so intense, the trucks had their four-way flashers on. They're all going 25 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour, and I'm going, I'm pushing water off my front tire like crazy, and I'm saying, this is not safe. Right. And I just sort of bailed at the first exit and right. got a hotel room. Smart. You know, yeah. it's all about plan B. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's good. Like I said, you're not locked into any specific thing, you know. And I know you've had some challenges with weather. I mean, I, I remember you, one of the stories about uh, you talked about some of the rain that you've dealt with. There's the one, maybe it was in New, you were on the New Jersey Turnpike when that tire or wheel went rolling down the road and you were wondering what was going to happen and you realized that it, it had clipped your saddlebag after the fact. Yeah. Right. Right. That was a beautiful sunny day. I mean, that, that was a, that was a day. It was gorgeous. I was 75 degrees sunny. I'm traveling along and I see a tire in about a hundred yards in front of me rolling in the same direction I'm traveling (laughs) and it's in my lane. And it sort of, I sort of back off the throttle and I watch this tire go off into the emergency lane. And then it, it ends up in in the, in the weeds and it must've hit a lake or a pond or something. And I see this splash of water. I said, Oh, I'm done. Okay. It's now in the water. Right. So I do a little head check to the right as I pass and I come back. I mean, only a quarter of a second. I come back and that tire is coming perpendicular across (laughs) the highway. Right. I mean, like 20 yards in front of me and I'm doing 60 miles an hour. Right. And I don't know how I missed it, but I thank God I did. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing this interview. Yeah, no, I understand. I remember you told me that that was that was one of those close calls. You're like, well, yeah, my it wasn't my time, so yeah, it was right. uh, you made it through. So, well, um, I again, I know that um, with your um, your Delhi slip tour, that you it wasn't just something to hey, this is a cool thing I want to go do, which it was on one level, but you're like, hey, I, I can use this as an opportunity to raise some awareness and uh, raise some funds, and you did that um, for an organization called Maison, which is a nonprofit organization that fights hunger. So this uh, Great American uh, Scenic Byway Tour, uh, you're raising funds and awareness for the Parkinson's Foundation. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, at, uh, uh, their website's parkinsons.org. They're a national organization. Uh, my mother passed away from Parkinson's, so it's you know dear and close to my heart as far as you know raising money and awareness. And um, I said, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it for a non-for-profit that means something to me. So I reached out to them and. And they were all in. They've been great. So they've helped me with the, all the social media and the website creation, everything else. And then I started to, uh, you know, reach out to others. Um, I reached out and, uh, you know, to uh, motorcycle-related companies in the industry. I got Climb as a sponsor. Great. Uh, they were very kind to sponsor this ride. Uh, they, gave, they provided a, uh, a Latitude motorcycle suit nice. uh, for this ride. And they, they want me to sort of critique it and tell them what's good and what's bad. And, and so far, I've been, I put about four or 500 miles on it, and it's been terrific so far. Um, and then uh, Nelson Riggs stepped up and provided me some, uh, you know, some waterproof luggage, which nice. <laughs> my guess is I'll probably put it to the test on yeah, this ride. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm always in rain. Well, that's great. I mean, Climb and Nelson Rig both make really good gear and that they want to support your efforts. Uh, you know, that's yeah. great. And also, you know, there are companies that they're like, hey, we want to have, you know, durability testing. They do a lot of their own stuff, but having somebody like you 
uh, ride cross country for two months straight, you know, that'll, that'll definitely give them, uh, you know, you can give them some good feedback on what works and what doesn't. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's been, it's been great. It's been a great partnership and, you know, hopefully we can get the word out and, you know, raise some money for them and just so that people understand it. I've, you know, I've got friends who've got Parkinson's and, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a rough, rough disease. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, you know, every six minutes, uh, somebody new in the United States gets diagnosed with Parkinson's. And uh, so there's, there's, unfortunately, uh, plenty of people who are wrestling with it. Right. Well, yes, it is, you know, and that's one of the things that I I really respect about what you do and what, um, you know, really the motorcycling community. I've interviewed a number of people uh, on the podcast that, uh, there was a, a gentleman named Tim Card I, I interviewed recently who uh, was riding cross country. He was uh, the visionary of the year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, you know, he's a cancer survivor. Uh, you know, there's organizations like the Ride for Kids, which is for the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. Is is the motorcycling community has has a big heart, you know, and they donate a lot. They participate a lot in charitable activities and rides and toy runs and things. And I think that's great because I. Still to this day, it's kind of maybe it's not surprising to some people, but, you know, I think motorcycles and motorcyclists still kind of get a bad rap, still have kind of an image of of, you know, being bad or or reckless or something or dangerous or something like that. Um, but, you know, motorcyclists are just people, too, and uh, they they use uh, the opportunity of their sense of community, uh, brotherhood, sisterhood to come together and, and raise money for causes and raise awareness. So uh, just like what you're doing. Absolutely. And, and one of the things I would stress in this podcast is that if somebody has a desire to, to do some long distance touring or riding, if they have a little bit of desire and organizational skills and, you know, to reach out to the charity of their choice, because it's a great partnership. I mean, the organization loved it. When I, when I went to Parkinson's and I started, I pitched it, they were like, this is fantastic because, <laughs> you know, everybody loves, you know, everybody loves a cowboy. You know, great, and, they, and 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 especially when you're riding and you're solo and you're you're out there doing uh, you know these long distances, it's very enticing. And so, if somebody out there wants to, you know, test it out, uh, I would strongly encourage it. It's 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 a lot of fun. You meet a lot of great people, and you're doing some really good things, whether yeah. it be for Parkinson's or for hunger or for whatever. You know, so I have to. Uh, I'd have to encourage our, you know, your listeners to hopefully think about doing something along those lines. Well, we will certainly have links to podcast webpage in the show notes for, you're going to have a Facebook page, but you've got a, a, a fundraising page with parkinsons.org. Uh, and I would encourage folks, hey, you know, every dollar helps, every dollar counts, you know, just chip in a few bucks if you've got it, more if you, you know, if you're inclined uh, to support what Steve's doing, to support, you know, the Parkinson's uh, Foundation. But also, you know, with your, is it your Facebook page that you'll, people can kind of follow your, your, along with your trip? You, you were reading my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We decided to post it on Facebook. Um, so they developed a Facebook page and, you know, I'm not a real technical person. So what I'm going to be doing, what we decided is we're going to be uh, using uh, Google share. I think it's called or something along those lines, a Google program where we can, I can upload pictures, mm-hmm. I'm going to write a blog, and then they are going to, behind the scenes, place it onto Facebook. 
Great. And, and update it so that people can follow along. And, and that's the whole idea. One of my goals was, because there's so many people that, that don't get out the opportunities to ride these roads or to be on a motor, they'll never be on a motorcycle, some of them, but to ride these roads and to experience some of these beautiful scenic byways that are offered up in every state, like right. my National Parks trip, and write about those so that people can feel like they're riding along with me on these rides. So hopefully, hopefully, my writings will not be, I rode from point A to point B. Right. It will be more of what the experience is like right. in these areas so that they feel the rain or the heat, <laughs> you know, or the where the heck am I type of a feeling and how am I going to get out of here? Well, it's the it's the road warrior experience. It's sort of like, you know, reading articles about people that climb Mount Everest, you know, it's like that's not something I ever personally want to do. But, you know, just the personal adversity and challenge that people have to go through. And that's what you'll be dealing with, because, uh, you know, some of it is just the the pure joy and glory of being able to ride some of these roads. But you will encounter some some heat, some rain, some cold. Like I said, you may have some roads that have are still got some snow uh, along the side of the roads and there might be some closures and things and you can't predict in advance what's going to happen. And that's um, that's that's part of the excitement of and challenge of doing a trip like this. Oh, absolutely. And 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 I hope through my writings, I can people can pick up on that and really get a feel for what it's like to to try to plan and execute a trip of this nature. And which brings me back to something I want to mention is, is a lot of people say, well, why did you pick this time to leave? Why don't you pick closer into the summer or whatever? And one of the things I mentioned when I did these national trips is I, you needed to try to figure out how to avoid the tornadoes in the Midwest, mm. which are springtime. Starting June 1st, the hurricanes in Florida. Right. The heat in Arizona. You know, so how do you how do you balance all of that? Because, you know, if you leave a little later or or whatever, you're going to hit those hurricanes in Florida. You're going to if you leave too early, you're going to hit those tornadoes in the Midwest. Right. You're certainly going to hit, you know, record heat in the West if you decide to leave too late. So that's it's a balancing. And like you just said, I'm probably going to hit some, you know, some snow up in, you know, Beartooth and or glacier right uh i just hope they're open right right. (laughs) honestly well i mean i i know that you've like i said you've you've built some flexibility into your schedule and you're not on a rigid sort of route or or timeline so that i imagine if you do have to do some routing around or i mean maybe you have a plan b scenic byway in a state because a state like wyoming or a state like montana certainly has more than one Uh, the state like idaho's got you know poodles of you know Bukoodles, that's what my grandmother yeah. would say. Bukoodles. She's like, <laughs> have a whole bunch of uh, scenic byways. Is that, yeah, if you're like, hey, Beartooth Highway is, is the marquee one, that's the one everybody knows about, but it's also at a certain elevation that if you had to go a different route, you, I'm sure you could, you know, so. Yeah, I just looked it up, 10,984 feet. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. routing a friend to Beartooth Pass. He's driving a car out to Seattle. And I he, he asked me, he goes, what should I see? I said, well, try, let's start with Beartooth Pass. Yeah. Let's go to Yellowstone. Yeah. Let's go to Lola Pass. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so um, for uh, what about Colorado? That's, of course, known for high passes is the scenic byway. Or what are you doing? The Million Dollar Highway? Or are you? I've done the Million Dollar Highway a bunch of times. Okay. Um, yeah. 
I have I don't know if I've been up to, I've been up to Pikes Peak on uh, the tram okay. or with my son with my son when he was younger. Right. I think I'm gonna try to ride that. Okay. I hope that it's open. Yeah, I mean... well, yeah, that could be. <laughs> yeah, I know there's uh between Pikes Peak and then the other one is Mount Evans that goes up uh, just a little bit higher than Pikes Peak, but the, yeah, those roads are, you know, they're you can top out over 14,000 feet on those roads. So yeah, it's I don't know what the snow pack is like on in those uh parts of the Rockies, but uh but yeah, that's I guess will be part of the challenge is like, well, you know, Mother Nature has her plans and you've got yours and she's gonna she's got the ace of spades. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, what's the old saying? You know, man man plans and God laughs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can plan all I want, but depending upon what the weather is going to be like, right. it could be very well be to you know Plan B. So uh, for your Deli Schlepp tour, you rode a Honda Goldwing tour, uh, huh? and is that the same bike you'll be using for this trip? It is, and I just got the forty thousand mile service done at uh, uh, my home dealership, DSP Honda, DSP Power Motorsports, and um, I did the forty thousand miles, put on some new tires. Nice. And ready to go. And, awesome. you know, somewhere along the line, I'm going to have to, because it's 15,000 miles, somewhere along the line, I'm going to have to pull into another dealership and uh, and get uh, some service done. Right. But, right. you know, again, that will be, you know, as it as it comes along. Well, I certainly, I certainly encourage people to follow along on Facebook. You know, you can check in on a daily basis. Uh, again, your your planned departure date is is May 9th. So from May 9th for the next 60 days or so, you'll be having near daily updates and blog posts and things like that. As you did with the, you know, your national park tour, as well as your Delhi Schlepp tour, I certainly hope you'll consider contributing a story and some photos to be able to publish in Rider because like I said, I just, you, you do capture what it's like to the, the experience of your trip. And that's, we all want to live vicariously through that because it's, you know, like I said earlier, one visiting, riding one of these scenic byways can be a bucket list thing like Beartooth Highway for some people. You're going to do 48 of them in one trip. And to be able to do all of that in one big trip is something that not a lot of people either have the time, the money, the inclination, the stars in alignment, whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, we're pulling for you. Oh, well, thank you. And, you know, like I said earlier, the goal is that when you're reading my blog, you're sitting on the back seat on the pillion seat with yeah. me awesome. and awesome. Uh, experiencing it as I do. That would be the goal. So again, this will be a solo trip, but um, will some of your, you said some of your buddies from the JMA might tag along here and there, or uh, is it mostly going to be solo? Yeah, it's going to be mostly solo. Um, I really uh, would love to get, you know, groups for two or three days, Yeah, you know, and let them ride the areas and experience it a little bit. Yeah. So my guess is right now I've got like uh, two, three people who said, "Hey, I want to hook up." Okay. So, and and that's and that's provides its own little sets of criteria because you know I'm having a conversation with one guy and he goes, "Okay, I see that you're going to be in this town. Are you going to be there in the evening or are you coming in the morning?" Right. I'm like, "That's three weeks into my trip." Yeah. I said, "I don't even know if I'm going to make it there." Right. 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 <laughs> on that date, you know, because a flat tire or engine problems or weather, you know, I said, we've, we're going to have to, you know, talk via cell phone or whatever uh, every couple of days prior to getting there, because there's just no way I can pinpoint it. Right. Which was really in thinking back about the Delhi trip, 
was amazing because I had specific dates and times that I had to be at each deli. Right. 42 of them. And I was able to make each one, which was, in retrospect, just sort of blows my mind because <laughs> you're talking about a national tour. Yeah. Going, okay, on Tuesday, I got to be in Denver at 11.30 at this location. Right, right. And on Thursday, I've got to be in, in you know, New Mexico at this location. And you and had some media able... interviews at some of those delis and stuff. So, yeah, you had a lot riding on making right. that. So I'm sure that added an, an I, I think we talked about that. That was an extra level of pressure or sort right. of, you know, maybe a little bit of stress to make sure, hey, I, I, these people are counting on me because there were some people that were promoting your, uh, you know, your arrival at these delis and wanted to come meet you and show up and, and sort of support what you were doing. So, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, so this is going to be this is going to be a laid back trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I, I will follow I will follow your I'm not. I'm not that close to Death Valley. I'm about four or five hours away, but I will follow your progress. And if I see it's something that I've got some room in my schedule and I can hop on a bike and head up your way, I'd love to just meet you in person and shake your hand. You and I have had a couple of podcast interviews. We've talked on the phone. We've exchanged lots of emails. And uh, yeah, so if we can get together and, and and shake hands and have a cup of coffee or something, that would be fantastic. Oh, that'd be fabulous. Yeah, that, I would really look forward to it. So absolutely. That'd be great. Well, well, Stephen, again, I, I really, like I said earlier, I wasn't surprised when you reached out to me and said, hey, I got, I cooked up this other idea <laughs> and, it, and it sounds very cool. I mean, to ride 48 different, you know, you know, handpicked scenic byways in every state, because what makes a, you know, not every scenic byway necessarily has got great curves or high elevation or something, but they're scenic for a reason. So you're seeing what is the best in a particular area. So it could be, you know, lakes and forests, it can be canyons or mountains or whatever, or it can just it be pastoral land. I mean, it's, you're going to get to enjoy a wide variety of, of places uh, that are scenic byways. And then there's connecting them all together, which again, you're mostly going to be doing back roads. So you're going to get to see some of America you've seen before, but a whole bunch I'm sure you've never seen before. And there's all these hidden gems that are just, that, that'll be the, That'll, I'm sure, be the real reward of the trip, you know, on a personal level. It's just like, wow, all these things that I just, you can't anticipate what you will see or experience. Yeah. You know, it's the funniest thing is that I've been out on these rides a number of times and, and you're in the middle of nowhere, you know, and you roll into a town of 300 people and you pull in and you look around and you look to the left, you look to the right and you go, wait a second, <laughs> I've been here before. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's at the corner of nowhere, nowhere. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second. I've been here before. I, I recognize that barn. And uh, that's just part of the beauty of it. Well, again, I'm super stoked for you. I'm envious. Yeah. I think I said I was envious of your deli trip also because I love Jewish deli food and, uh, you know, what you're going to get to ride. Uh, so, again, anybody who's listening, please, you know, uh, try to find one of the links uh, on the podcast webpage or something like that. Uh, you know, chip in a few bucks to support what uh, Steve's doing for the Parkinson's Foundation. And like I said, we're pulling for you, man. You know, keep the upper side down, ride safe, have fun. And we look forward to following your progress on Facebook. And like I said, hopefully getting a story into the magazine when you're all done. Greg, thank you for everything that you and Ryder have done for me. Thank you very, very much. It's really oh, it's our absolute pleasure working with you. Yeah, it's great. And for the Ryder Magazine Insider Podcast, I'm Greg Drevenson. Thanks for listening. Keep the rubber side down. If you've enjoyed listening to the Writer Magazine Insider Podcast, please subscribe, leave us a positive rating, and tell your friends. We also encourage you to visit writermagazine.com, 
where you can get the latest in motorcycle news and reviews and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to print and digital editions of Rider Magazine, which is published 12 times a year. Thanks again for listening.